Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is the rain diet, a holistic approach to radiant health through foods and supplements. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Deanna Minnick is a health educator, researcher, and author with more than 20 years of experience in nutrition, mind-body health, and functional medicine. Her passion is bringing forth a colorful, whole self approach to nourish and bridge the gaps between science, soul, and art in medicine. Deanna, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. It's uh, quite a delight to talk with you and to um, talk about the Rainbow Diet. I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. It, it's been a couple of years since our last interview, so I'll make sure that we go through our archives dig that interview up and that was about the whole detox your your other book and so we'll dig that interview up and we'll put that link in the podcast notes so that our listeners can look for that resource so today let's focus on your rainbow diet and, and what prompted you to write this book you know, diets are a source of ongoing debate. I think that there's so much confusion out there with paleo, flexitarian, keto, vegan, vegetarian. In fact, just this morning on my Facebook page, I just posted this this heated debate, uh, this, this article that just came out on grubstreet.com. It's between uh, Mark Bittman and David Katz, and they're going through all the different things about food, and it's called The Last Conversation You'll Ever Need to Have About Eating Right. And it's so interesting because, you know, you look at a lot of their responses to things, and it just, in the responses that I'm getting from people on my Facebook page, it's, it's all over the place. You know, people are still incredibly confused, and I think the message that we're missing in all of these dietary arguments and, um, you know, tug of wars is personalization, There's a sense of personalization, and I think that that's what functional medicine is good at. I think we can even get better at it. But having a sense of personalization, and then I also think bringing in the aspects of our relationship with food, much like our relationship with another person. So looking at the mental, the emotional, the spiritual aspects of eating, and whenever I see these <laughs> these dietary uh, debates, I'm, I'm always thinking that, wow, they're just tackling one dimension of food. They're not getting into the eating experience, the relationship we have, intuitive eating, really connecting into our sense of hunger, our bodies. And so when I wrote The Rainbow Diet, I wanted something different. It's actually not really a diet book. It's more like a guidebook. It's more like 
okay, how can we all unify through eating rather than divide ourselves? And one of the ways that we can unify is by recognizing personalization. So I have a quiz in the book that people take. And then based on what you get in the quiz, you are directed to a certain chapter to read more about how you can get balance. And the balance that I spoke about in this book is through food. I ask some eating questions, some some basic questions to journal on. And then I also do bring in dietary supplements. And I do think dietary supplements, for some people working with a healthcare practitioner who's knowledgeable about them, um, can be worthwhile. So, So that's what it is. It's a composite of trying to be personalized for everybody reading and then bridging that gap into the eating relationship. So Deanna, I know another concept that you talk about is color is medicine. So can you expand on that? Yeah, and hence the the name of the book, The Rainbow Diet. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that a unifying force for many people is color. I think everybody can get color. And on the scientific side, there are so many research studies to support the inclusion of fruits, vegetables, colorful foods, these beautiful pigments that are in food that give them their color, that it's not just to make foods look pretty, that there's actually a healing benefit of those colors. So what do I mean when I say color is medicine? Well, we hear that term or the phrase, food is medicine a lot. You know, that was said by Hippocrates, you know, Many, many years ago, uh, I think it was 540 AD or BC or something like this. I don't even know. Um, But it was said many years ago. And I think that now in our modern day, we have to put a little bit more context around it. So is it, what kind of food is medicine? You know, to me, it's colorful food. And it's not just food that heals us. It's the colors that surround us it's the the colors that we're wearing you know there there's actually been some research done on what's called optimal healing environments and this was done by the Samueli Institute some years ago in which they looked at all the factors that are responsible for people's healing and color was part of that investigation that there are certain colors that will will help us to feel certain ways. So to me, color is a divining rod between physiology, food, and even our psychology. So, so very interesting. So um, I think the listeners out there, if, if they kind of think about the foods that they eat um, on a regular basis and think about the colors of those foods, are you really getting the full rainbow spectrum in your diet? And, and Deanna, can you expand on that? How can we improve on that? Yeah, because uh, they, most people aren't. In fact, there was a, a study that was done. It was a survey back in 2009 that surveyed 1,500 Americans. So it was very specific to the United States. So in different countries, there can be a little bit of a different um, take on this. But essentially, what they found from the result of this survey was that 8 out of 10 people had a phytonutrient gap. That meant that 8 out of 10 people, 80% of people did not get the rainbow of colors every day. And the color that was most lacking in the diets of these people was blue-purple. You know that beautiful indigo color that we see with blueberries and blackberries and figs and raisins and grapes? You know, that's the color we're missing the most. But then all the other colors are also in short supply. 
So how do we get the rainbow? I think that that's really key. And that's something that all of us can understand. And when I say get the rainbow, I don't mean candy (laughs) that's brightly colored. I don't mean any kind of food dyes. So I just want to clarify that too. (laughs) You don't mean Skittles and you don't mean, you're, you're not talking about ice cream that has Skittles in it. No, and you know what's so interesting is that I, I think that rainbow in general is just becoming more trendy, and I'm even seeing these um, very, you know, products out there like rainbow unicorn smoothies that have all these dyes in them, but then there are some very creative people that come along with a natural counterpart, um, and I was just in New York City, and, you know, they have all these little cafes with kind of like these rainbow bagels and you know it's just interesting how color color is something that fixates us you know we our environment is run by color we see a stop sign that's red we see a traffic light that's yellow um, we walk into our closet in, in the morning we we look at what we have and it's like what do we f- usually it's the color that we're drawn to for that day so yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So um, the, the red colors of food, when I think of red, I think of the immune system. I think of almost like the color of red. It alerts us to our survival. And a lot of the, the red colored foods seem to be good for the immune system. You know, I think of um, there was a study looking at beets, red beet juice and red beetroot just cut up and steamed being important for reducing a lot of the inflammatory markers uh, and which tie right into cardiovascular issues and, and blood fats. Uh, there was another study on strawberries helping with inflammation from a meal. Now, it doesn't mean that other colors don't help with inflammation in the immune system. It's just that I seem to have found that there's a connection with the immune system and, and these red foods. And then the orange foods, the carotenoids, beta-carotene, we think of probably a carrot, which is rich in beta-carotene. And so um, a lot of these carotenoids seem to be protective for the reproductive system. So for women with ovulation and uh, having proper menstruation and fertility, these carotenoids are implicated in that whole process. They're also very protective for men and sperm quality, preventing uh, what we call oxidative stress, helping with the survival of the sperm. So with rising rates of infertility, it really kind of makes me think, well, can we trace this back to food in any way? Maybe we're not getting the proper phytonutrients. We're eating food, but we're not eating nutrient-dense, colorful food. When I think of yellow, I, I think of digestion, And so there are a lot of poor foods that we take in that um, make our digestion go awry that are yellow, things like maybe grains or pasta or uh, maybe some of us have allergies to eggs or, you know, if I just think of all of the corn, you know, there, there are a lot of different yellow foods out there that maybe aren't best suited for us specifically, but then there are other healing foods that help in the rotting and the ripening, the transformation of food, maybe that are acid or that contain enzymes, things like papaya or bromelain from um, pineapple, pineapple in, in general, you know, being loaded with enzymes to help us digest, lemon, which is full of uh, acid as well. I think of ginger, I think of healthy sweeteners like honey that have other medicinals in them that can help to ward off some of the bacteria in the gut too, in addition to providing sweetness. 
So yeah, when I think of yellow, I think about how do we burn bright and not burn out? And how do we get that through some of the yellow foods, some of the healthy carbohydrate-containing foods? So if you want, I'll finish the other colors. We've got green, blue, and white. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. The green foods, um, I connect to the heart. So um, green leafy greens, um, I think of uh, as being high in dietary nitrates. Usually when people hear the word nitrate, they think, oh, that's bad. But there are naturally occurring compounds in green leafy vegetables that help our our body to relax through that whole process of creating uh, a widening of the blood vessels. And also, greens are high in vitamin K. Vitamin K is important for blood clotting and helping with good, healthy circulation. Uh, green leafy vegetables are also high in folate. Folate is one of the predominant compounds. Many people take folic acid supplements to help with things like methylation or, gosh, folate is used for so many things in the body, so there's not just one thing. Uh, but leafy greens are, are rich in folate, which they can be very medicinal for our body. And then we have blue-purple, which I've already mentioned. Blue-purple is connected to the brain. And in fact, there's even science to suggest that a lot of these compounds that we find, the pigments, the blue-purple pigments, which are called proanthocyanidins, kind of a long name, um, but essentially these compounds seem to make their way into the brain, into parts that are responsible for learning and memory. And what I see is also this connection into mood, that some of these blue-purple foods can impact our mood. Like, for example, there was a study on Concord grape juice, and I believe it was in children, and they assessed measures of learning and mood, and they found that the children did better um, when having the grape juice. And so... um, I just find that that's, that's interesting. And I think that they compared it against another juice. It might have been orange juice. And so there, there's something about the compounds in grape, compounds in blueberry, blackberry. You know, try, try to get whenever purple cauliflower or purple broccoli come into season, I would say to buy them because there's just a shortage of these blue-purple compounds in general. And then the final one is white. And when I think of white, I think of detoxification, which is what I was on your show last time to speak about. Detox is, this, is the process of cleansing. It may involve intermittent fasting, moving away from food. It's more of the kind of the, the non-physical part of us, the, the more spiritual aspects of our being. And spiritual meaning it's not physical. It's the part of us that's looking for a sense of meaning and purpose. And so here's where I like to focus on Clearing the slate of the toxins that have uh, bombarded us. And, and so trying to do that with white foods, eliminating certain white foods like white salt, white sugar, white flour, which some people might think of. And I even remember my mom saying to me when I was young, Deanna, just tell the kids at school that the whiter the bread, the quicker they're dead. You know, she was, a, she was kind of this health healthy person and you know she was really against white foods but you know there are white nourishing foods too there are the kind of white foods that aren't depleting 
like coconut, like sesame seeds, like cauliflower, garlic. I mean, there there's so many different white foods that can also nourish us. So that's what I mean. It's not just um, getting one of those and saying, okay, I'm just going to get tomatoes. That's my red. Or I'm just going to get carrots. That's my orange. But we need variety within each color because every food is unique. They're like people. You know, not all people are the same. We have certain qualities that are very similar, and we can connect to each other and talk to one another. But you know what? We have differences, and foods have differences too. So if we were just eating carrots, and we don't try a persimmon or an orange or an apricot, then we're not getting the whole array of different compounds that those other foods can offer that are unique to them. So that's that's how I see the rainbow and how we can eat more of it. So as you went through and explained everything, I could see the connections and how you made those connections. Um, but I want our listeners to know that it, it's that there is some science behind this. And, and can you talk about phytonutrients and the science of phytonutrients and that those those are part of the pigments in our foods, but also how that impacts our health? Absolutely. You know, for, for many people, nutrition is about fat, carbohydrate, and protein. And there's lots of discussion about, do I eat a high-fat, low-fat diet? Do, we, do I eat a high-carb, low-carb? What do I do? There's so much focus on macronutrients and very little focus on what I call the underdog the, the big underdog, which is the class of nutrients known as the phytonutrients. Phyto, P-H-Y-T-O, means plant and nutrients. So the plant-derived nutrients that don't supply calories. These are actives within the foods that sometimes are pigmented and sometimes we don't see them. There are thousands of them. There are families of them. And every time we eat a plant-based food, we're taking in thousands of these compounds. And the beauty of the medicine of these colorful and non-colorful phytonutrients is that they're changing how our cells function. And what I have seen is that primarily they're doing it in three different ways. They're, one of the ways that they're doing it is by reducing inflammation. Another way is by increasing insulin sensitivity in the body. And the other way is helping with stress response, helping with um, how our cells receive and process stress. And they can help us with environmental stresses too and allergies. And so these Plant-based phytonutrients, as we call them, are helpful for so many things. In fact, you know, the studies are showing that with greater amounts of phytonutrients, we see less inflammation, we see less um, increases in body weight, so more uh, normalization of body weight, which is a good thing, and body weight and inflammation sometimes are connected, so that that's a pretty plausible relationship there. And also things like uh, reducing rates of cancer and other chronic diseases. You know, it's just, we can't argue with plants. We cannot argue, I can argue with you, Carrie, on, you know, should we do dairy or not dairy? You know, I could cherry pick studies that show that it's beneficial, like pulling the DASH diet studies or some other studies. But, you know, basically we cannot argue that plants Plant foods, whether it's fruits, vegetables, you know, that whole array, spices and herbs, that they are very healing for people. 
So the phytonutrients are really, that's where the medicinal qualities of foods are, really. It's, when we say food as medicine, it's really, it's that part. It's the phytonutrient part. You know, I think everything about food is medicinal. I don't think we can just narrow it down and say, well, it's just the phytonutrients. Uh, because the carbohydrate in the food is medicinal, the protein in the food is medicinal, the fats are medicinal, the vitamins are medicinal, and the minerals are medicinal. So everything about that food, that's why we go back to the, Hippoc- the Hippocrates quote, which is food is medicine. The, the phytonutrient component, the reason why we're calling that out is because that has not been talked about widely. It's kind of like one of the, the features of food that hasn't been addressed to the same level that some of the other uh, constituents of foods have been addressed. So, you know, there's a lot on vitamins. There's a lot on minerals, even trace minerals. There's a lot on the macronutrients, but we are still learning more and more about these phytonutrients. So, Deanna, what is your take on some of these supplements out there that are the green powders or there's also like red powders and it basically has freeze-dried fruits and vegetables ground up in there. Um, What do you think about those kind of things? I think that they're a great option for people who feel like they're they're doing their best, but maybe some days they do have a phytonutrient gap. Uh, Sometimes I'll use them when I travel and but they're not for everybody, and I would say I would never say that they replace a good diet. Absolutely not. You know, first and foremost, I want people to do their best on eating a whole foods personalized plan. Uh, just their their way of eating needs to be full of lots of color. Just do your best there. But if you kind of feel like you know what, I still have symptoms, and you know the diet has helped, but I, I may need a little bit more it would be worthwhile to work with a practitioner who can really tailor in and figure out what medical food, what functional food, what powdered blend might be best for you specifically. And I do like the the green powders, the red powders. There's a purple powder out there. The one that I use uh, is a blend of superfruits. I don't tend to use a lot of the grasses. So I try to avoid gluten for me specifically. This is not for everybody, but I even avoid the immature grasses like the barley grass, the wheatgrass. I know that many people really like them. When I see them at the health food store, they get their wheatgrass shot. I just don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like the taste. Uh, I'd rather get my phytonutrients in other ways. And I have had clients who tell me that they get reactions from some of the grasses specifically. And I don't know if it's because there's a contaminant, a microbe. You know, some of these grasses and green food powders, you have to get them from a good source because they can grow microorganisms. I mean, it's living food. And so if it's not kept well... Then, um, you know, in the the manufacturing of the product, you know, something gets introduced, you know, it's just, um, there can be some precautions to bring into our use of those products, too. So, Deanna, you've given us some really great information so far. We only have a few more minutes left. Is there anything else that we haven't spoken about that you think is important for our listeners to know? And what are your big takeaways? You know, I think one of the biggest things is, um, you know, emotions are drivers to health. We move towards pleasure and away from pain. And one of the things that can get us into a better mood is better food. 
And if you look at the the research on the foods that create a better mood, it is a lot of these colorful foods. So one of my mantras has been that when we eat colorful foods, we can better live a colorful life. So eat colorful foods, live a colorful life. And, um, you know, there are studies to suggest that eating more fruits and vegetables leads to a better sense of well-being, curiosity, and creativity. So if for nothing else (laughs) but to actually feel better and have a better mood, you know, I I would think that that could be the carrot that leads us forward. So that's one of the the final takeaways that um, even though I'm mentioning all of these benefits, they're more on the level of the biochemistry in the body. But what I didn't address, I feel enough that I really want to emphasize now at the end is the idea that a lot of these foods can help you with your moods. And if your moods are better, you're inevitably going to make better food choices. So please consider that. I think that that's key. And for people who want to test the waters before buying the rainbow diet and they kind of feel like, well, you know, this is really interesting. Deanna saying some some neat things. I know I need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Um, I do have a free downloadable e-booklet on some tips around how to get more rainbow foods into your everyday eating, you can find that on my website, which is deannaminick.com. And then also, if you feel like taking the quiz to find out which of your colors are out of balance, there's also a way to do that just online without purchasing the book. You can go to whole, W-H-O-L-E, dash detox.com. If you look up at the top there, there's a tab that says quiz, and you can just do the quiz. It'll take you about 15 or 20 minutes. It's not uh, a quick quiz. (laughs) It's a pretty long, lengthy quiz with 25 questions for each of the seven sections. So you're going to want to spend some time on that, but it will give you a printout of where you're at with your seven colors. And then based on that, Uh, The Rainbow Diet or the Whole Detox book can be very helpful for really moving you in that direction of healing. And Deanna, where can listeners find copies of your books and where can they find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Um, They can get the book on Amazon. And so um, Amazon, you know, a, a number of the book resellers, you know, I was just in a bookstore in Portland, Oregon over the weekend. I saw it there. Uh, it, it's 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 everywhere. But I think that the easiest place that people seem to get it is um, on online retailers like Amazon. You can also just go to my website. I have all of my books there with all of the links to many purchase places. My website, again, is Deanna Minnick, and it's D-E-A-N-N-A. M-I-N-I-C-H. And if you go on the site, and if you're wanting to know more about what I'm doing, for example, I have a retreat that I've got planned for the end of August, an in-person retreat that will be fun. Where We're going to focus on orange and yellow, all things orange and yellow, and, and really get into our creativity and our sense of balance and stress, <laughs> which is so key. So you'll, you'll see a lot of that on my website you can follow me on Facebook, too. I, I post tips and all kinds of things um, at, on a daily basis. Wonderful. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure that all of those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Deanna and all of her resources. Deanna, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thank you. It's been a delight. I appreciate it. 
All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Deanna Minnick. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.